happy, happy football Friday. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get a little geeked about football Fridays around here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> First of all, uh, happy Friday uh, to all in our in our NFL universe. All right. Uh, it's Baldy, it's Cuz, uh, Brian Baldner, Anthony Gargano, the all-city, all-NFL podcast. Uh, Baldy's in Florida. We'll be back in our normal uh, NFL films haunt next week. I saw a picture of you on the beach yesterday. Awesome. Looking great. You yeah. and, the, and the lady. Yeah. You had a nice nice day on the beach. I mean, the, you know, look, the, the sun gods came out and uh, had, you know, a little – Time in the afternoon to go enjoy it, and I did. Man, water was sensational. Good, uh, good company. So, uh, you know, Florida in December is not a not a bad thing, man. Not a bad thing. Did you do any uh, a little New Year's uh, early uh, toast? Any happy hours? We hit the happy hour. Oh yeah, we were toasting. Uh, we were throwing Coronas back at probably about five o'clock yesterday, kind of shutting it down. So we got things started pretty good. Dude, there's happy hour is the great, especially yeah. at the beach. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. I love it's happy hour. One of the greatest things in the world. It really is. Which is the right frame of mind, the right oh. move. So that's what it was yesterday. Good move, good frame of mind, and uh, you know, just one of those things that recharges your batteries. Nothing like it, man. Nothing like it. All right, uh, let's get going because it's a football Friday, and we got lots of football this weekend. In fact, we're going to tackle a little college football as well. Man, this is a great bowl weekend. It's New Year's. It's the whole thing. Uh, NFL, it's week uh, 17. Can you believe it? We got, we're at week 17. There's two more weeks left. I want to cry. <laughs> well, the good thing is the two weeks we have are chock full of great games. And games that really decide seedings, number one seeds, who's who's in, who's out, who's going to the playoffs, who's going to be a thorn in somebody's side in the playoffs. I mean, this stuff, it's literally, you know, we start the playoffs um, literally in less than two weeks. So we're, we're right here. So a lot is going to be decided here. And it starts really Saturday, uh, tomorrow night, you know, in Dallas, but all weekend long. I think there's 10 one o'clock games on Sunday and they all have like, it seems like everyone has magnitude. I mean, it's wild because you have, we live in the land of eight and seven. It feels like, so there's a lot of eight and seveners. There's a lot of seven and eighters. There's all kinds, but let's start as we do our breakdown every Friday, our big breakdown of the biggest game of the day. It is the dolphins. It is Baltimore. It's really for the one seed of the AFC. There's a couple of things that could happen, but really uh, it's for it's between Miami and Baltimore for the one seed. Miami, no Jalen Waddle in this game. So that's a big loss. Uh, losing Waddle, particularly they need every weapon you can against this matchup zone Ravens defense. Well, I was there. These two teams played in Baltimore last year, week two and two or three, three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter to win it in a shootout. And Waddle was a big part of it, but they had no answer for Tyreek Hill. Now, both teams are a lot different than they were, you know, but there's there's tape out there 
on what Tyreek did to this, you know, defense. I'm anxious to see Mike McDaniel and how he game plans without Jalen Waddle. Uh, it's smart. I mean, he's got a high ankle sprain. He's not playing. So it, it, I, I'm interested to see how Mike McDaniel game plans where he can keep this game close and get it into the fourth quarter and limit the amount of damage that Lamar Jackson can do, whether it's taking it away, third down stops. You know, I mean, I'm anxious to see if they can keep the score down where it's not going to be a high scoring affair the way the Ravens turned into, uh, you know, last on Christmas night with five you know interceptions. Yeah, I, I, in fact, I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I, I think, to your point, I love the way the Miami defense played against the Cowboys. I mean, look, they were nasty in the red zone. I mean, they, they stopped them early in that first drive in the first quarter. You look, you hold that offense, which is a great offense, you hold that offense to 20 points, you're doing something well. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing good. I mean, look, Vic Fangio, the defense coordinator in Miami, I mean, he's been through a b- bunch of rodeos. You know, and a lot of different stops, and so he knows. You know, he knows how to work around guys that have gotten hurt. Like you know, they lost them in a linebacker. They lost their defensive end. They've they've lost corners. They've they've lost players. Javon Holland hasn't played in over a month, uh, but they, they they work around. They've got good depth, and so guys have stepped up. Duke Riley stepped up. Andrew Van Ginkle stepped up. I mean, there, there's a bunch of guys that have stepped up, played really well. To credit to to Vic and to really Mike McDaniel, how they get these guys ready to go, uh, even though they're backups. So how do you let's tackle this question? How do you beat Baltimore? What's the recipe to beat them? Well, when you uh, look at what the Rams did three weeks ago to them, they put 31 points on them. They ran the ball very well. Kyler Williams had a great game. So Williams had a great game, and then Stafford was unbelievable. They converted three times deep in the, the, the low red zone. Like inside the 10, they didn't kick field goals. They scored touchdowns. One was a spot throw to the corner of Cooper Cup. Just an amazing throw. Beat good coverage. So one, he scrambled and, you know, hit a, uh, a scramble drill type throw. So they converted when they got down there. And that's a big part. And they ran the ball against their too high shell. Their safety's back. Um, and then your quarterback has to make, depending on the game and the, the flow of the game, probably anywhere from six to eight really amazing throws. Well, it's funny. You said it. You know, Stafford was perfect in that game. And we talked about it before, and you got to be perfect. And that's what hurt Purdy, right? Like, Purdy, Purdy actually made a couple, lost in four interceptions and maybe two or three more. He actually made a couple of really good throws. Yeah. Like, a couple of really good ones, but you're not going to notice them. Well, you know, the guys all came up to him on the sideline after one interception after the other. And we're just going, let, let's just keep firing. Don't stop being aggressive. So, look, you can – that defense can do that to, to teams. It's it's done it to Seattle. It, it did it to, you know, Detroit. It's, done, it's thwarted a bunch of good offenses in this league. So, it's not he's not the first guy to kind of succumb to it. And, you know, one time his hands get hit and the ball pops up. So, there's something beyond his control. But – uh, I would say that if San Francisco would play a, a team like that or play Baltimore again, that they, they would have a different game plan. They would stick with the run longer. McCaffrey instead of 103 might go for 160. Like there'd be some things that they would do different. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, it's funny, man, how this league works. It, at one point, it looked like the Eagles were unbeatable. It didn't look like the Cowboys might be unbeatable. Then it looked like San Francisco 
was unbeatable, and now it's Baltimore's turn to look. Well, you know, that that's that's like almost true of every season, cause like you you never bring back the same team. You got to play it all out. You know, we 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 swing week to week as analysts and fans and media people. Like we swing week to week, and we go with the hot team, the team that looked good. But you know, who's who is even in losses? Like who's still playing well? Like I feel like the Rams are still playing well, even though they lost to Baltimore in the middle of this streak. Like, so who's playing well, even if they lose games? Like who's still moving the ball, executing? Yeah, it's like the, like I look at the Niners. And I go, I'm not shook from the Niners because no. Baltimore went in and won. I still think San Francisco is the most complete team in the NFC. Yeah, I do too. So look, you can lose a game and still be the number one seed. Uh, for sure. But you have to play this all the way out. You know, when Philadelphia was 10 and one, people were questioning the 10 and one record. Like you, you can make the argument like, Oh, you see crazy. They're 10 and one, but you can see the way they're winning games. You know, they had to go to overtime to beat Washington in week four. You know, I mean, it's just, they gave up 31 points the next time they played Washington Sam Howell threw the ball good. So there's just been, they, they beat Buffalo in overtime, you know, based off of, you know, a 59 yard field goal to get them overtime. So, like, they were winning, but it wasn't like they just were a dominant team. And there's very few dominant teams. All right. Who do you like? I like Dallas to take care of business. I like Dallas. I, I think that – No, no, I mean Miami, Miami and Baltimore. I like I like Baltimore. Not just yeah. because they're home. I just think, you know, the Waddle thing is, is part of it. I think what you'll see is a dominant Raven defensive line against the Miami Dolphins. And if Tua has to hold it for any period of time, um, the Blitzes, Van Noy, Clowney, Matabike, like, they can get home and affect him. We haven't talked about this, but I, I'm always curious about your thoughts because I do believe in letdown spots. Like, you know, sometimes – look, we, we have a habit sometimes of looking at players like they're Madden characters, Right. Right. And you're just a bunch of pixels. That's not the way it is. So when you have these, you know, it's one of the reasons why it is a week-to-week league. Because when you have a big win, it, it's hard the following week to replicate that kind of performance, especially when you're going against a good team. So I'm real anxious. You know, now again, they're both coming off big wins. Because Miami was coming off a big win over over the Cowboys, and of course Baltimore on Christmas Day. I, I I'm curious to see how Baltimore responds after that big, I mean, emotional, you know, they just drubbed the Niners. Well, that and you know you got to fly back across the country. You got to yeah. play on a short week after playing Monday night. You know you're not getting back until you know Tuesday afternoon. You're losing a whole day. Like all that stuff can affect you. Everybody's patting you on the back, telling you how good you are. Five interceptions. Brock Purdy's not the MVP. Like, you can see how you can fall into a trap. Totally. It it, it just happens, you know. And it's not – they're not professional. It's just we've seen it over and over again. Maybe Miami catches them at just the right time. All right. Let's uh, get into it because this is going to be interesting. The Patriots and the Bills – so, remember, Buffalo lost it to New England earlier in the year. Uh, one programming note, Bill's coach, Sean McDermott, will join the podcast this week. We look forward to having Sean on. We'll tell you which day. We'll keep you posted. But uh, Bill's Mafia 
take note with who I've shown on. And the Bills are playing good football. New England played spoiler against the Broncos Sunday night, sending Russell Wilson out of Denver. But I, listen, two months is at stake for Buffalo. Uh, the way the Bills are playing, I think they're getting more confident. I expect a pretty easy one this week. Well, the Bills are 4-1 and one since they unloaded Ken Dorsey and elevated Joe Brady to the offense coordinator position. And if you look at them game by game, it's been a, you know, it's been a good stretch of Philly, Kansas City, Dallas. Okay, the Chargers, you know, battling tough for the new coach last week. Um, but they're running the ball a lot more. You know, they've had 49 runs against Dallas. They had 40 against Philly. They're running the ball a lot more. It's not just Josh Allen, James Cook. You know, like they've got their – that's kind of like the formula right now. And because of that, they, they're not turning the ball over nearly as much. So – but that's what New England does best, maybe better than anybody in the league. Is like just fundamental football, low pad level. You know, stack and shed offensive linemen. Like they know what's coming at them. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can get Josh to turn the ball over. That's going to be the key for New England. They need a couple, they need to steal a couple possessions and get a couple good field position uh, drives. Uh, Atlanta, Chicago. Atlanta playing up the strength. I, 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 man, I like the way the Bears are playing. Yeah, they have, they're playing good football. You know, they're not. Um, they run. They ran the ball probably the best they ran it all all week, all year last week. Uh, Khalil Herbert had his best game. Justin Fields was effective. Um, you know, and he, he, he's just a playmaker. But you know, Atlanta probably looking at a quarterback that comes from basically Atlanta, Georgia, and Justin Fields. Going, boy, if we just had a quarterback like that. We'd be a shoe in to win the, the Super uh, to win the playoffs, win the division. Could be a good game. Atlanta played really well last week. They beat a good Indianapolis team handily. Uh, this could be a really good game. I mean, whether these teams go to the playoffs or not, I think um, I think and, and both teams are there's you know all those rumors and whispers about coaching changes. Um, you know, so that will only be inflamed if one side plays poorly. Uh, the one thing that Taylor Heineke did last week is he got the ball to Kyle Pitts, to Drake London, to B. John Robinson. And when he gets the ball to those guys, they're, they're pretty special players. Would you consider not – or would you consider trading the pick if you're Chicago? You got Carolina's pick. Would you consider trading it and just rebuild – I mean, look at the, the, the amount of capital – that you can get. I know that everybody talks about the quarterback, but we've learned this about these quarterbacks. There's, you know, it's not like Justin Fields is bad. Like, I think you got something to work with. And I think if you traded it, you'll have a ton of capital. You're talking about trading the number one pick? Yeah. Well, I mean, here's what happens. If you trade, if, if you trade the number one pick, you're saying we're staying with Justin Fields. All right, he's our quarterback. And you're probably staying with Matt Eberfluss and Luke Getzey, the offense coordinator. You're probably staying pat. And then you go, let's let's take what we have and all the resources and another good haul and free agency, another great draft, and let's go compete for the division. Let's take Detroit down. Or you say, let's trade Justin Fields to Atlanta Falcons, let's say. They need a quarterback. Let's say you trade him to Atlanta. And you take Caleb or, you know, whoever it is. And you start building, you're going to have financial flexibility 
to build around Caleb Williams. It's already a pretty good group. Running back, offensive line, some playmakers on defense, Montez Sweat, Jaquan Brisker, whatever. Like, you you might not be that far away. It's just a question of can you win with Caleb Williams as a rookie quarterback if that's what you do? It's a gamble. So you sounds to me like you pretty much made your mind up that you, you've gone as far as you've gone with fields. No, I, I, I actually think Chicago should just stay pat and just keep building and trade the number one pick for resources. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I just look. And we agree. I, I just look at it and go. I, I think he's too good of a player, too dynamic of a player. He's played really, he's played well this year. I think he can still play better. But Cole Komet has come on. DJ Moore was a good selection. You know, the running back room looks pretty good. I, I like the way they're playing. They're very competitive the last eight weeks. Yeah, I do too. I just think, you know, I, I get it. You know, I mean, look, whether it's Caleb Williams or, I mean, Drake May, I mean, I, I like those kids. If you knew that Caleb Williams was absolutely going to be Patrick Mahomes, you, you wouldn't blink an eye. You'd go do the deal. But right. you don't know that. You don't know. It's a totally different game than Oklahoma or USC. So you've been developing this kid for four years. Like, just keep it going. Like, he's only 25 years old. Like, you know, let's 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 keep Justin Fields in Chicago. Let him keep making some of these dynamic plays. Let's keep building around him. I watched uh, I watched Connor Moss. Did you see this kid last night? No. Oh, my God. Speaking of USC, listen, it's enough okay. ball game. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. In the holiday bowl. Like, it, it's sometimes why you got to sit back and go, hold on. Before I make this kid out to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes, right. let me look. Because, you know, USC's got Washington, Taj Washington, who's a ridiculous receiver. This kid, Connor Moss, was, was incandescent. I mean, you know, again, I know it's the holiday ball, and I know it's Louisville's not bad. He he was throwing dimes this kid last night. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So like you actually have to pause and, and just take a breath before you're rushing to crown the next Mahomes. Is my only it's my only thing. Well, just, I, mean, I don't know how long Connor's gonna stay at USC. I just know Mahomes was there before the portal, before all the stuff started. And he started three years for Cliff Kingsbury. And, and you know, in Lubbock, Texas. So he played a lot of football on some horrible defenses where he had to score 50 to, to win. <clears throat> and that's why he developed the style that he does. He was a gunslinger. He needed to be a gunslinger. Yeah, I, I'm just listen, I'm just talking about Caleb Williams and, you know, if like Caleb Williams is ridiculous uh, and I think he's going to be really good. But for, before we make him Mahomes, just know that his understudy had a night like that against a pretty good team. Yeah. And that's all I need to say, you know, I, I love, I love quarterback play, man. Yeah. I just, like trying to figure out who they are. It's just, it's awesome. Uh, let's go Raiders Colts. Can the Colts write themselves? Colts are interesting, man, because you, you got Taylor and now he's healthy, right? Yeah. Uh, if you can he didn't look good to me last week at all. He didn't, I mean, he might be healthy, but he didn't look good. 
I, I think he was. Uh, he hit. Well, the no, they, they didn't look good at all. I, I didn't think. He no, did. but I mean, they, they played. They played Jonathan to be like. He, I don't know if you could find the hole last week. Um, you know, he really struggled. He was dancing behind the line of scrimmage. He didn't look like Jonathan. About a week before, he looked terrific. Yeah. Well, him and Moss, like they played good in that game. Uh, but the Raiders, like they're going to play this break. Uh, Blake Freeland at right tackle, and that's where Max Crosby is going to line up. Like he's going to destroy this kid. Like he's he's a young player. He's played good. He battles. It's the best thing you can say about him. But he's not ready for Max Crosby. I want to see how Shane Steichen game plans Max in this game. It's he's going to destroy this kid. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. I, I mean, I've seen this before. I've seen <laughs> I've seen Max do it to Storm Norton with the Chargers. I've seen him just destroy players. Wow, um, he's a beast. He's in a, he is. He's a beast. Yeah, he is. So, but I, look, I, I want to see. I want to see the Colts if they can bounce back, or if they left it on a horrible performance against Atlanta. They left it on the field. Like I want to see it because the Raiders are hot. Uh, to see Zaire White last week do what he did, he was fantastic. They ran the ball really good. All right, uh, let's go to Jacksonville. Nobody needs a game, and nobody needs. An opponent like Carolina, like the Jaguars, man, they need that. Like having to get to play Carolina is a is a Christmas gift that you want. That Doug Peterson has got to be thankful for. Well, I'll say this: Bryce Young played great last week. He he was really good. He was good with his decision making. He was good with his throws. Like it's the best he's played all year. It wasn't even close. You know, and they won the week before. So is is this turnaround starting for Bryce Young? Because I'm not chalking up the win up to Jacksonville because they need it and they got to stop the bleeding and all because of that. Like, I think they're a mess. And I think Carolina can play good defense. So um, their defense coordinator, uh, Ijaro, is going to be a head coaching candidate, might even get a job this year. Like, I'm not just giving Jacksonville the win because it's there. I, I think Bryce Young has a chance to feed off of what he did a week ago. Well, a week ago, he throws for 312. Uh, out of nowhere, DJ Shark comes to, comes to life, gets his nine, gets his, uh, what did he catch? Six balls for 98 yards and two touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, look, but the throws, were, the, he threw them open in one touchdown, you know, and Shark has had his days, you know, he he uh, was a guy that was in Jacksonville, you know, for, for a while. So I'm sure that he's looking at a lot of those guys that he knows. And saying, you know, I'd love to put another performance like that up there on you. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's going to be it's interesting of that Carolina job. That who takes that job? Because you have two things working now. You don't know about the quarterback, and you got to deal with a meddlesome owner. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just have a conversation about uh, about Chepper and wow. You know, there were times when the offensive coordinator didn't know who the starting quarterback was. Not until the owner said who was going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. I'm not here to uh, cash aid on, you know, David Tepper, but that's not his That's not his call. I know he owns the team. It's not his call. Like, you hire guys to make that call, and that's what you need to do. It's not about showcasing a guy or, you know, uh, letting them, you know, get some experience. I mean, it's – you, you, you coach to win the games, and you put the best people out there. Yeah. And and so I, it, it's going to be interesting to see 
you know, if Bryce Young is is turning a corner. And you said he played great. Now, is that is that a sliding Bryce Young scale, or did he play legitimately great last week? I thought he threw the ball really good, Cuz. I thought he saw the field well. I thought he made good decisions. Obviously, you mentioned Chark, but, you know, for a long time, it was Adam Thielen or nobody. But he had Tommy Treble. They ran the ball better. They protected him. He trusted the protection. He wasn't bailing out. Like, I thought he had – I thought he had a – like you just watch him, and if you didn't know it was Bryce Young who, you know, hadn't done much all year, and you just concentrated on him, you go, that guy can play. I mean, if you just if it's just a one game vacuum, you go, that guy can play. And it came out of nowhere. I realized that, but I was happy for him. I was happy to see him have some success. Yeah, I was too. He's a great kid, and so you know, I, I like to see him. And that's I like to see him. they lost to Green Bay, but they put up thirty points, and you know. I mean, that was a, it was a good performance. All right, so wh- why is Jacksonville a mess? Uh, you know, giving up a lot of points right now defensively. Right. So, you know, the guys that – And, and their, front is, it, their front's good. All right. Okay. Should be good, well, right? You know? Guys, I mean, you know, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen are the first and seventh pick in the draft. Josh Allen's having a good season. But I don't see it on a consistent basis. And, you know, uh, Tyson Campbell was supposed to be a lockdown corner. He has not been that guy. He got beat last week. Um, I like Rayshon Jenkins. I like their safeties. But, like, they just the, – the, obviously, Foyer Luaquan and led to this league and tackles two straight years in a row. But they don't look coordinated right now. And so, that's been a problem. And then, look, as much as we all want to like Trevor Lawrence – you can't just put the ball in his hands and tell him to go win a game. Like, you, he, he can't, he's not doing it week in, week out. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, it's funny. I love Lawrence, man. Oh, it's amazing. Two, two guys I love are, have struggled mightily Lawrence and Herbert, right? Like, two guys that I go, oh my God, like, they're armed, they can move. And both of them. Now, you know, it's easy for me to alibi and go, well, the charges were a mess. And, you know, the Staley thing was was just horrible. And then, but man, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, wow, man, he looked, he does not look good at times. I mean, he he looks like he's bailing out quicker, right? He he doesn't look comfortable. Yeah. I'm with but you. Why is that, Baldy? Man, that's frustrating. I, rookie right tackle has not played great. Um, give, they give up pressure. Like some of these guys start reading the rush. I'm not saying Trevor's doing that, but sometimes you know you've been hit a lot. You start reading the rush a little bit more than you should. Uh, obviously, Christian Kirk's not been in there, and he's been you know a big part of the passing success. Zay Flowers been in and out of the lineup, and so you know they've had some other guys. Uh, this Washington kid, a rookie, has made some mistakes. Uh, Trevor's played through some serious injuries. He probably has not let on to just how serious that one ankle injury was. And, you know, you're not feeling great, so you're not quite the same escaping pressure. <clears throat> you throw the ball with your legs, you know, it can lead to some bad decisions. But the other thing, too, is, and we touched on it yesterday, but Etienne, you know, I mean, it's so much easier so, you know, you know the shot play that Doug Peterson loves to take where he'll he'll max protect yeah. and then he'll roll yeah. Lawrence out, right? And that's his favorite shot play. Yeah. 
you can't run it when you can't run the ball that way. Well, you're not you, still run it. you might not get the same effect from linebackers that you want to get. You and you know you've been pounding him pretty good, but you know he's he, he just look he has not been effective at all this year. But he, and he's healthy, so you go. Did we see the best of you know Travis Etienne last year? Was that the best we're going to see after the, the injury of the year before? How about his brother's going to Georgia? Yeah. See that? I did see that. Yeah. Not out transferred out of Florida going to Georgia. Yeah. You know, Gator fans are pissed off over that one. Hell yeah. But um, I did, I, I, mean, I think I did a breakdown on his brother uh, with a breakaway touchdown late in the game against, I forget what opponent it was. And it just reminded me of Travis last year, making some of those breakaway runs. But, you know, you put a good running back in Georgia, they usually get taken in the first round. They usually have success in the NFL. Yeah, you got that right. Uh, all right, let's kind of move on. We got CJ back, baby. CJ Stroud is back. Texans and Titans. Good game. Good to have CJ back. Uh, Texans missed him last week. So, uh, that's two weeks. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, the concussion. He's out of protocol. He's going to play Sunday. So that that's a big deal to Houston. I'd love to see Houston win that division, man. Yeah, well, he certainly gives them a better uh, opportunity than Case Keenum, although Case played pretty good uh, in their win against Tennessee two weeks ago in Nashville. So they've been playing without Nico Collins, and so that that's a uh, that's a loss. But you know they they'll, they'll be better in the pass game because they couldn't run the ball. Tennessee couldn't run at all against uh, the Houston Texans. They're very good. Malik Collins inside, Sheldon Rankins. Like, they're very good against the run, one of the best in the league. That's what Tennessee wants to do. I mean, you know, when Derrick Henry goes 16 rushes for nine yards two weeks ago, I mean, he couldn't convert a third and one. Like, they just shut the running game down. And so, you know, we'll see what Ryan Tannehill can do at this point. Uh, who you, who's right now, who, who wins the South? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think if Houston wins this weekend, I think I would take Houston. I think they're the. I think they can run the ball. I think they play uh, sound defense. Uh, I would say that CJ probably will even come back better after being out. Like sometimes you just come back and you're just laser focused. And I think you you see some of what he can do if you say, okay, who's the best quarterback in the AFC South? Is Gardner Minshew? You know, in Indy, is it, you know, is it C.J. Stroud? Uh, you know, I think in that division right now, it's C.J. Stroud. So I'd like to ride the quarterback. All right, another question for you regarding the AFC South. Who, which town has the best meat? <laughs> All right, you got Houston, Nashville. I mean, come on. Nashville's got incredible uh, ribs and barbecue. Indianapolis underrated steakhouse. What's that steakhouse everybody goes to at the combine? Yeah, I know. Um, blanking right now, Coach. But uh, yeah, I, I, look, you, I don't think like you only have to travel six feet to find a barbecue place in Houston, you know, or throughout the state of Texas. Like I'm riding, I'm going with the Texas barbecue, you know, and they've got a bunch of chain places, Coulter Barbecue. You got a bunch of chains, but they got. There's smokehouses everywhere. You can smell it. Just let your nose follow you. 
I'm not going against. I, I, I felt like if I went against Houston barbecue and Texas barbecue in general, like that's sacrilegious. I hear St. Elmo's is the place. St. Elmo's. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Houston, Nashville, though. Nashville's pretty good. Uh, uh, all right. Rams and Giants. Speaking of meat, cutlets out, right? Yeah. So Tyrod Taylor uh, is in. So Tommy Cutlets, it lasted nice. But let me ask you a question. Why, why not just go with Cutlets the rest of the way? Just to see them. You got because, two games left. Like, who cares? You know what Tyrod Taylor is? It was just, it was like, you know, Tyrod gave him a jump last week, gave him a jump against the Orleans. He, he just, he wasn't productive, cuz. He wasn't seeing the field. He didn't make the good throws. He tried to run too too often, too frequently, too quickly. Like, he wasn't running the offense. Like, it's unfair to everybody else. You could say, well, we would, like, I think he proved what he was. He had, like, a little he had a little three-game stretch there where, you know, he gave him some juice and he ran pretty good. But, you know, they, they, that's, not, that's not what you're going to build your franchise around. Listen, I, I don't disagree that my eyes are my eyes and – he didn't play well the last, you know, last quarter and a half, or last game and a half. But again, I know what Tyrod Taylor is. Like, you know, and my only yeah, point Tyrod is. Almost, he, he almost brought the Eagles, he almost brought the Giants back and won the game. I, I mean, you know, I'm just going, I don't know, maybe you let the kid roll through a couple of his hiccups and maybe you got, again, I, I don't think he, I, I agree with you. I, I think he is what he is, but I, I'd rather I'd rather be sure of it, and I'm pretty sure of it. But like, what do I get to lose for two games? That's and listen, I've had no problem. You know, if he if he's bad in the first half, then you know, go bring Tyrod in again and then call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would give him another shot just to see, just okay. to see. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I hear the argument. The argument is fair. You can certainly make the argument for a team that's not going anywhere, and they got to make big decisions around the quarterback position. You know who's a bad signing? It's a shame. He was a good player, but it's Darren Waller. Waller. Yeah. He's had injuries, cuz. He's had injuries. Yeah. He had one great year with the Raiders. You know, I mean, he's a good story. But, I mean, he's just almost I, – I saw him preseason. I thought this is the missing piece. The, you know, his size and the way that he runs – just he just can't stay healthy. It's been it's it's just traveling with him, and it, that will always travel with him until he just lines up for a sixteen or seventeen games. If you're the Giants, would you look at Russ? Uh, I would look at him. I would have the conversation. Would have the conversation. I mean, he's better than what they have on the roster, and so you know they're not gonna have a shot at the you know the top players at that position. I mean, you have to look at the free agent market. I mean, Daniel Jones has been on the shelf two of the last three years. He had a good, you know, second half of the season one year. But otherwise, he's, you know, he's he hasn't played well and he hasn't stayed healthy. So you got to go someplace else, whether it's the free agent carousel or finding some way to move up in the draft to get one of these guys. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. All right, uh, Eagles and Arizona – so, what do you, what's your uh, what's your take on the Cardinals? And uh, first year under Jonathan Gannon, former Eagles defensive coordinator, what, what do you what do you think of them? 
but they've been highly competitive um, in most games. You know, they, they've got a couple good wins, obviously Dallas. Um, I think they found some pieces. I think they found some offensive linemen. Um, they play really hard. Uh, Kyler Murray has come back and played okay. He hasn't been sensational, but he's Kyler. He can run around. He can make some throws. They they got a great tight end, you know, and so that's kind of where the ball goes. Uh, they need more options to throw it to. But, you know, Gannon took what he had defensively. They blitzed a, a ton from all kinds of ways, and they affected a lot of a lot of quarterbacks this league. I expect him to do have a pretty good game plan for Jalen this week. But and I think, you know, Gannon was a little bit misunderstood in Philly. I think when you have 70 sacks and you have a dominant, you know, eight-man deep defensive line, you got to play to your strengths. But he showed that he can dial up pressures with the best of them. He's pretty good at it. For the Eagles, honestly, because I, I, I thought they were underwhelming last week. And even when Keely Ringo ended the game, I didn't see any massive celebration. They just need to stop on the Arizona Cardinals. Like, you don't need to see any fans in South Philly with that long face on going, what are we doing? Who are we? Like, they, they just need to take care of business start to finish in this game. To, just to prove to themselves. Regardless, who cares what Arizona's record is, three wins. Like, just to finish it early. So, Colin Cowherd said something. It's interesting, and I'm only going to bring it up to you only because it's a good talking point. Colin said that the Eagles – were a team that you can count on. And that even though they're going through a stretch right now, come the playoff time, they're going to be back to who they are, and you're going to go, oh, yeah, the Eagles are good. They might not be the Niners, but they're really good, and they can easily come out of the NFC again. Well, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't watch. He's not watching this stuff. You just saw Darius, you just saw Darius Slayton run right by the corner last week for a 69-yard touchdown. You just saw, why are they in man coverage on third and 10 against Seattle on the final drive and let Jackson Smith and Jimbo run right by Jane Bradbury? Like, you can change coordinators. They've given up the second most touchdown passes in this league. I don't think it's going to end. And when you get to the postseason, when you play Detroit, the Rams, whoever you might play, Baker, like, give me a guy. Like, they're going to attack. Like, that's the thing that pissed me off about the Giants last week. They waited until five minutes to go to the game to take a shot down the field. Like, they, they left Darren Waller wide open on third and one. Like, if the pass is in his hands, it's a touchdown. He might not even win the game. I don't – like, Collins – look, I'm not here to criticize Collins. He's an entertainer. But he's not watching this stuff the way we're watching it every week. It's interesting. I, I – you know, I, and I guess maybe I, I misparaphrased, kind of mis uh, – but I hear you. I, I guess – because I, I almost want to think that – you know, maybe they're going to be all right. Like they, they're going I saw to be last week because I'm just watching, and I see on the second level is Kevin Byard, Shaq Leonard, and Bradley Roby. Well, they all got picked up during the season, and probably got picked up for a reason during the season. So that was their middle layer. You yeah. know, this isn't yeah. you know this isn't T.J. Edwards. You know, just played every single snap. You know, for the Eagles over a couple of years, like. It's it's a problem. That Reed Blankenship is a nice kid. It's a good story. I don't know. Like you get you. No, I, listen, I, listen. I see the same flaws you do. We watch it every week. I see the same. That back seven is a problem. And unless that unless that front eats, it's it's going to be tough. It would, have, it would honestly help though if Avante Maddox comes back healthy 
and Slay comes back healthy, like it, it'll look a lot better. To, you know, maybe Collins got a fair point. If he, if these guys all come back and play at their capability, like it might be a little bit different. So, what about offensively? Because here's the other thing. I, you know, I don't know what you know. AJ's got a bug up his butt right now. So, you know, these receivers, man, like you know, they all got a, they all got problems sometimes. So AJ's not talking, and you know, the whole thing. Can this offense? It was close. I mean, you know, Giants defense is not good, and it looked a little bit better. And I don't know if it was because well, they had the ball better. You know, they, they, they fed DeAndre Swift they had a good game. They blocked. Yeah. Different type of plays, power plays. Played them a lot of strength. Landon Dickerson will be back in there. Um, they'll play to their strengths up front. And they'll be a more of a power running football team. And, you know, they'll come off the pass with that. And if Jalen's healthy, the run game's a problem. And when that's a problem, A.J. Brown's going to get a lot of, you know, one-on-ones out there. And they feast off those deep shots to A.J. Brown. And they'll start. They'll probably start happening again if they get it cranked up the way they're capable of. All right, uh, team that you really like a lot, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this is a big game, man. Saints and Tampa, NFC South. Uh, can, the, can the Buccaneers, the way Baker's playing, can they be dangerous? You know, we're, both of us are really bullish on the Rams. Can the Buccaneers, I mean, let's face it, it's not like they don't have any weapons. I mean, Mike Evans. Godwin, I like that kid, Kate Otten. Uh, you can run the ball with White. I, that's not a bad team. No, not at all. And they're playing a lot better defensively. They, they drafted uh, Kalijah Kansi and Diaby, and those guys are showing up on the defense line. They're getting more pressure. But the big thing is, yes, Baker's played a lot better. But they've got the same five offense linemen every week right now. And, you know, they've, they've got better up front. Rashad White, it looks like a good running back at this point, a real good dual threat, whether it's a check down, whether it's, uh, you know, the passing game on the screens and things that they can do with them. But it's, uh, I, Mike Evans is just your go-to guy. You get to the red zone. You want a big play. Like he still can run. He's still tall and strong. Like he's got 13 touchdown catches. Like he's having a phenomenal season and people thought that he might be on his way out. He's played as well now as he ever has. Uh, Let's go quickly. Pittsburgh, Seattle. Mason Rudolph. I, I, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm hoping that Mason Rudolph is – I, I want to see him succeed. I don't know why. Don't ask me, Baldy. I just kind of like the kid. And the fact that he went in for Trubisky, had success, looked all right. Like, I, I want to see that story continue. Plus, I don't understand this talk about wanting to fire Mike Tomlin. Why don't you want to fire Mike Tomlin? Because they haven't won a playoff game since 2016. So if you're not winning playoff games, what are you doing? I mean, that's the, that's the reason why you would. I mean, don't give me they got a winning record every year or not a non-losing record. Like, it's about winning playoff games. So, I mean, that's the pressure on Mike. Everybody in Pittsburgh knows it. They feel it. Players feel it. It's real. So, I mean, Mason Rudolph go a long ways you know, to uh, get this win if he keeps getting the ball to George Pickens, you know. So that's what he did last week, you know, and it paid off. He's their star player. They got to feed him. He can be a little bit of a knucklehead. He can be a little immature, but he's talented. And so get him involved in the game as quickly as you can. 
box. You 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 would think about moving on from Tomlin? I wouldn't, but I understand that the, I, I would not. I like Mike, but I understand the chatter that's out there in Pittsburgh. I just understand it. I mean, Mike Tomlin took fifty. I mean, uh, uh, Bill Cowher went fifteen years, and he paid, and he finally paid it, paid it off for the Super Bowl. All right, so Mike Tomlin's won one too. All right, but then, you know, 2016 is the last playoff win, Cuz. Like that's just, like it's just, like that's just a fact. I mean, I, I get it, but you also went through the last two years of a you, you had an old uh, aging uh, Roethlisberger, right? Like there's mitigating circumstances within right. that that, right. that I that I don't sound right. the coach. I mean, if that's if that's the rationale, that's the rationale. They keep them, but I mean, no, but I mean that that's not fair. Uh, they drafted a guy. Roethlisberger looks like a guy that you expected. Well, like, I mean, look, if you draft, like, if you draft Kenny Pickett in the first round, the twentieth pick, and he's not a franchise quarterback, guys get fired all the time. Not just because you're Mike Tomlin. Everybody gets fired. You know, like they fire coaches in New York. They fire coaches everywhere when that twentieth pick doesn't work out, and he's not a franchise quarterback. And I don't know if he is or not, but he hasn't been. So why would Pittsburgh be any different? Because the guy already won for you. That's why. Because. When you got when you got a resume that to, to fall back on, you go all right. Like it's like when they fired Andy Reid, I thought I, I wouldn't have fired Andy Reid. Okay, but for the Eagles, it worked out. It worked out good for them. For who? The Chiefs? No, for the Eagles. Worked out good for them. I saw to go through Chip Kelly in that mess. I'm just saying, like it ended up working out. They had to go through some coaches, but it worked out. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, no. they got a championship. Call me loyal, Baldy. What do you want? I'm Come a loyal on, guy. All right. If you win for me, all right, I, I, I'm with you. I'm a Look, believer. Great coaches. There's not enough good ones. Mike Tomlin's a good coach. Like, there, there's, some of the circumstances aren't right, but I mean, that's the that's what the fan base is saying in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I like, get enough of this. It's like listen. They're watching Cincinnati win. They're watching Baltimore win. They're watching Cleveland run, rip off wins right now with Joe Flacco. Guess what? And, and they wanted to fire Harbaugh a couple years ago, which I thought was stupid too. Okay. Look, if you were my coach, Baldy, I'd give you a lifetime contract. All right, buddy. You're good man. All right, real quick, we got a couple games left, and then uh, we'll uh, be be away for the weekend. Uh, Chiefs. And Cincinnati, a monster game. Can the Chiefs get it right? Kelsey said, look, everybody's got to do their job. Yeah, but they've been saying that, though. They've been saying that. I don't know if that that talk is cheap. Like, go execute yeah. plays. Go execute on third down. Let me see those tackles play better. You know, I mean, I, this rookie, you know, going up against Trey Hendrickson, like, that's a battle. Like, I don't know. I like Trey Hendrickson in that one-on-one battle right there. But, you know, they, they, they got enough with the helmet thrown, enough with the outburst. Go do it on the field. Yeah, I, I do it on the field. And I guess that's it. There's no more questions, no excuses. The Chiefs got to do it. Two week, two games left in the season. You got to feel good about yourself. Cincinnati, a, a good opponent, you know, even without Burrow, go out and do it. I, at least I agree with you. Hey, last thing, and then uh, we're going to get out of here. But, man, we got a great New Year's Day. I don't know about you, but I love the fact that New Year's Day has the playoff games. I I, I love this, man. I, I really do. 
And so we get Michigan, Alabama uh, on New Year's Day in the Rose Bowl. Just give me Michigan. I just want Michigan to win. I want Harbaugh to win. I, I need I need Harbaugh to win here. I want him in the NFL next year. And if he wins and he wins big in the postseason, he's gonna he's gonna get to the NFL. We need him in the NFL. All right, all right. Listen, I got you, buddy. All right, uh, we'll get out of here, Baldy. Have a great weekend. Uh, New Year's Day. Uh, happy New Year. We'll be back next week, and uh, we'll give you the All NFL All City podcast. Thanks, buddy. Happy New Year, everybody. Have a great weekend. Happy New Year, man. Everybody. <laughs> 